Hello, Marvelites who are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 586, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Singh. The melodic tones of yeah. me. <laughs> Lorraine, I have just come back from Walt Disney World for the first vacation I've had in, I think, four years. Anybody out there, I, th- I would suggest, go have a vacation. It's pretty good. These things are, are helpful. I highly enjoyed all your photos of you and Catherine Grace and Elizabeth frolicking in the world of Disney and just looking like you're having the best time. Watching Catherine, she's three and a half years old, almost three and a half, watching her reactions to seeing the characters that she has read stories of or seen movies of like in person grow as the days gone by because at first she was a little nervous like she met snow white on her first day and she loves snow white and the evil queen and the evil queen was so great oh she's hilarious oh my gosh so good but as the days go by she becomes more and more like relaxed about being around these characters so the last day she was like hugging them and talking to them and high-fiving and dancing with them and you know it's for the kids it's great I have to be honest, the holiday season of 2019, I took my family to Disneyland for the holidays. And I took my parents, who are frankly elderly, love you mom and dad, but my parents are older. I was a late in life baby. Anyway, I took them to like a character brunch and watching my mom's face light up Mm. as she met Tigger was like the cutest thing I've ever seen. It is for all ages. That's right. You're right. You're right. So much childlike wonder. It's just the best. We did see some really cool Marvel merch. If you are down there, aside from at Epcot, where the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind attraction is, there's some really cool Guardian stuff and other character stuff in that shop. But also in Hollywood Studios, there's a great store with Star Wars stuff and Indiana Jones, but they have some excellent, excellent Marvel stuff in there. I'm wearing a pair of, I believe these are Our Universe, designed by our friend Ashley Eckstein. These are Spider-Man joggers. They're really cool. They're very comfortable, super soft. I got this great Marvel sweatshirt that's just got a big Marvel red block, but like faded Marvel logos all around it. Catherine got a Captain Carter shield from Marvel Studios' What If?, There's a little bit of Marvel magic down there for anybody who wants it on top of all the other great stuff. But we're not here just to promote the parks. No, this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel from games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever we are excited about. And there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, first and foremost, get out your money bags because it's time (laughs) to buy your tickets for Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. The trailer came out last week. I'm sure you've watched it a dozen times by now. It's a delight. And of course, you can go get your tickets right now. They're on sale. The film is out in theaters on February 17th. That is less than a month away. So you want to go get those tickets, get those good seats now. Mm -hmm. Ryan and I got to get our Alamo seats going. And of course, there are also some great new character posters released this week, some just beautiful cinematic posters. There's all kinds of great stuff all over the socials. So go check it out on our Instagram, marvel.com, wherever you might follow us. And of course, keep an eye out because coming to Disney Plus on February 10th, Marvel Legends has features on Ant-Man, Hank and Janet, and the Wasp. So you can learn a little bit more about their stories. Yeah, very, very cool. Man, I can't believe we're less than a month away. Kang, 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 Kang. And maybe someone even cooler. It's the age of Ryan. (laughs) I am living my best life. It's a good time. All right, let's keep it moving. Talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever because right now we are in the midst of award season and the film is getting some wins. It's getting some nominations. Give you a couple of the highlights here. Uh, We've got to congratulate Angela Bassett for winning the Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actress for Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And, 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 and Ruthie Carter on winning the Critics' Choice Award for Best Costume Design for the film, which is well-deserved on both ends. The film has gotten 15 NAACP Image Award nominations, including Outstanding Motion Picture. There's award nominations from SAG-AFTRA. The Producers Guild of America has nominated the film a couple of times. That's just the tip of the iceberg. We know more will come, so stay tuned for all that. And if you are very excited to see the film, maybe again or for the first time, reminder, 
Black Panther Wakanda Forever is coming to Disney Plus on February 1st, along with, on February 22nd, Voices Rising, the music of Wakanda Forever, an original series, which is looking into the film's music. The whole series will drop on Disney Plus February 22nd. So much good stuff. And along with getting to watch both Voices Rising, the music of Wakanda Forever, and the film, there's also going to be Marvel Studios Assembled, the making of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's premiering on February 8th on Disney+. Plus. Of course, if you're not familiar with Assembled, you will love it if you love this show. It follows the production of the film with the cast and the crew. Going to be a really exciting one to watch because, of course, it's going to take on the incredible challenge of and remembering T'Challa with a chapter of befitting the late king. You know, it's going to have a really intimate behind the scenes look with footage and interviews from the cast and creative team. So definitely don't miss it. Plus, I'm sure there's going to be some really cool, interesting stuff about how Shuri took on the mantle of a certain hero and a new foe that they face, Namor, and the whole world of Talukan. I mean, there's a lot of world building that goes into that. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. And we still have more Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever to talk about because there's Wakanda Forever, the official Black Panther podcast, which is created by Proximity Media in collaboration with Marvel Studios and Marvel Entertainment. The six episode series about the making of the film, which is hosted by ta Coates. We've got episode two now available wherever you get your podcasts. It features discussions with president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, executive of production development, Nate Moore, co-writer, director, Ryan Coogler, and co-writer, Joe Robert Cole. Check it out. Look for more episodes coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. So much Black Panther goodness. Mm -hmm. But also February has some more great stuff because Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is on its way. The trailer dropped just this past Friday along with a new poster and confirmations that David Diggs and Jennifer Hudson are going to be voicing characters. Mm -hmm. So good. Of course, the show premieres February 10th on Disney Channel, and then the first six episodes will be available on Disney Plus on February 15th. So go over to Marvel.com to check out the trailer and look out maybe for some extra Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur goodness over on the Marvel HQ channel Ooh, on YouTube. Excellent. All right, we've got to get into some comic stuff. We've got a new issue of Marvel's Voices. Marvel's Voices Wakanda Forever coming February 15th in celebration of Black History Month. And we've got a ton of amazing creators in here. Uh, as you know, we've been doing these Marvel's Voices issues over the last couple of years. They're big anthologies with incredible creators telling stories, featuring the characters that they want to tell stories about. This one, again, all about Wakanda and the legacy of Black Panther. So tons of creators such as Juni Ba, Murue Ayadele, Adam Serwer, Sheena Howard, Karima Horn, Doton Okande, and so many more. We're going to have the full list of creators for you over on Marvel.com. You can see previews, a uh, great cover by Ken Lashley. But uh, we're going to even tell you a little bit more about some more Marvel's Voices stuff in the coming weeks. Ooh. Also in the world of comics, Spider-Man 2099 Dark Genesis is on its way this May. It's a follow-up to last year's Spider-Man 2099 Exodus. Dark Genesis is a five-issue limited series that's going to see our pal Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099, forced to defend his broken world from an overwhelming new threat. Creepy goo. Murder, you know, the normal stuff. Oh, and Lorraine, speaking of Carnage, we got a cool tease with an image of Carnage, and it just said, the death of the Venomverse. That's the Carnage tongue. You're welcome. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Joining writer Steve Orlando this time is going to be artist Justin Mason, known for his recent eye-catching work in Spider-Punk, if you guys are familiar with that excellent series. And of course, it's going to be releasing weekly throughout May, so keep an eye out for that. Go put it on the pull list. Yeah, Justin Mason's work on Spider-Punk was so good. He's got some really wild work with layouts and action, uh, very crunchy feeling art. I'm very excited to see how this works uh, for 2099, which is perfect for Carnage. Yeah. Oh, but mixing that Carnage gross gooiness with the high tech cyberpunkiness of 2099 world, ooh, it's going to be good. One series I'm super duper 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 
excited for is Star Wars Darth Vader Black, White, and Red, which comes on the heels of a whole bunch of series we've been doing called Black, White, and Blood for the Marvel heroes, Marvel characters, and so good with these are comics that are in black and white and only one other color, red. And to see that for Darth Vader is going to be awesome. And the creators on this are so good. Written by Jason Aaron, Peach Momoko, and Torin Gronbeck. Art by Leonard Kirk, Peach Momoko, and more. There's a recent cover for Star Wars Darth Vader, which kind of fits into this vibe. The only color on the cover, it's by Raza, is coming from Darth Vader's lightsaber. It's this really striking red on the cover. So you get a vibe of that. This one is going to be very cool. Very intense. The first issue will be on sale April 26th. Oh, and uh, if you need a little more Black Panther in your life after all of that goodness we talked about earlier, big shout out for Black Panther number one. It was just announced this week on comicbook.com. And it's going to be a banger because it's written by Eve L. Ewing, who, of course, we know and love, especially from her work with Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart as well as artist Chris Allen. There's a great piece of promo art from Raza. I'm sure we'll also have lots of details on marvel.com. So keep an eye out. Very excited for that. Also very excited for Loki number one, a big announcement this week. It is a four issue limited series, a brand new solo series for Loki launching in June. And it's going to be written by Dan Waters, who's making his Marvel debut with this book and drawn by Hedemon Peralta, who is just so flipping good a little bit of the flavor for this is that loki will unleash his unique brand of mayhem on the marvel universe once again uh, by forging a weapon that curses the marvel universe it's uh, yeah oh loki that guy he's going to introduce a collection of ancient norse weapons that loki crafted mm. in his more mischievous past and so going through and dealing with all of that going to deal with some avenger stuff all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, go check out the amazing cover by Rod Reese, and we'll get you more info in time. Yeah, uh, lots of good stuff. Look out for that in June. But even a little sooner than that, shout out to Marvel's Voices Spider-Verse number one. That is on sale April 5th, just two days before the day of my birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is going to be awesome. Um, we love the Marvel's Voices series that, uh, you know, pull together these collections of stories by incredible artists and writers. We're going to have Cody Ziegler, who we know and love. Absolutely fabulous. Not to mention he worked on Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law. That's a, mm -hmm. just a fun fact. Jeremy Holt, Steve Fox, Jay Holtham, and more. Um, lots of really wonderful people that have done a lot of cool things at Marvel already. And even more cool things in Marvel's Voices Spider-Verse number one. I'm excited for this because um, they're going to be diving into the Spider-Verse in this edition of Marvel's Voices. And uh, there's some really great stories that are going to be in there. Look out for that this April. Go put it on your pull list while you still got time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, Cody Ziegler getting to do more Spider-Punk. Love that. More mm -hmm. Web Weaver by uh, Luciano Vecchio and Steve Fox. Love that. Lots of cool stuff. We're really feasting on Marvel's Voices comics this year. It is a delight. Nom, 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 nom. Spiders. <laughs> Speaking of delights, we also saw a whole bunch of new Funko toys and products inspired by Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And it's going to feature, of course, the Guardians, Star-Lord, Drax, Mantis, Rocket, Groot, Nebula, Kraglin, which I'm very excited about, and some new faces, new characters to the line. Cosmo, she's the dog, if you don't know, and Adam warlock there's going to be figures keychains plushies and more uh there's plenty of places to pre-order them from target walmart amazon box lunch check out all the images and all the details over on marvel.com lorraine we were talking about awards and nominations earlier in the show and we just saw that a whole bunch of nominations for the glad media awards were announced this week marvel comics have received four nominations outstanding comic book we were nominated with immortal x-men new mutants and star wars dr afra plus we were nominated for outstanding original graphic novel or anthology for marvel's voices pride number one which is great congratulations to everyone who was nominated i am well so glad they noticed 
All right, let's take it on over to podcast land. Marvel's Wastelanders is still at it. Of course, this is the final chapter of the Marvel's Wastelanders audio epic. It's the first ever podcast to cross over in this way from Marvel and Sirius XM. And of course, now we're on chapter eight titled Shattered, and it's available this week a little bit of synopsis for you folks, with Star-Lord and Black Widow getting pulled deeper and deeper into the Cosmic Cube's reality, Wolverine decides to take things into his own hands in order to free his friends. In fact, I could tell you about it, but why don't we take a little listen instead? Cease your hostilities, Judith Stark. The Cosmic Cube will be the super adaptoids alone. Over my dead body, you soulless robot. Android. Whatever the hell you are. I am your downfall. Widow, Quill, which one of you had get sandwiched between Judy Stark and the Super Adaptoid in a fight on their to-do list today? Because I know I should- Hawkeye, Quill, look out! We see you, Doom. Who? Flailing his arms like whips, Reed Richards, or rather, his likeness. Take another look, Victor. Am I Reed Richards? Or the ever-loving blue-eyed thing? Uh. Subscribe to the SXM app or Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts to listen to Marvel's Wastelanders one week early. Subscribe to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts for additional bonus content as well and learn more at SiriusXM.com slash Wastelanders. Ryan, Mm. what's going on at Marvel's Pull List this week? I'm so glad you asked. Of course, Marvel's Pull List is uh, the other podcast I co-host that we talk about all the new comics coming out every week, give you reasons to check them out, do a reading club and all that stuff. Our picks of the week this week, Avengers Forever number 13, which is another banger. Wasp number one, which is so good. If you have never read a Wasp comic, This is a perfect issue for you. If you've read every Wasp comic, it's the perfect issue for you. It's just really good. It's got Janet and Nadia and some cool mysteries and big things happening. It's really, really great. And then Punisher number nine, which is, man, that series is punching you in the face and then picking you up and then punching you in the face and then picking you up and throwing you in the back of a van and then bye-bye. And then so on top Hmm. of that, we are revisiting a chat we had with Karen Mahorn, a journalist and writer, to talk about Wakanda Forever. Let's talk about some great Black Panther comics. So you can hear that in our reading club this week. You can check out Marvel's Pull List every Tuesday when we release new episodes. Listen on the SiriusXM app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I have to just shout out, Kara Mohorn is a lovely human being who has a wonderful book. If you're interested in the Dora Milaje called Black Panther, Mm. Protectors of Wakanda, really diving into the history of the Dora Milaje, the characters. She's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So if you haven't gotten it or you know someone who's looking for a little book wreck, Ryan's holding it in his literal hand right now. Um, (laughs) Go and pick it up. It's an excellent book. Man, that was a whole lot of Marvel goodness. But uh, we'll be right back after this. All right, you're listening to This Week in Marvel. I'm Lorraine Sink. And I'm Ryan Panagos. We're back, and we're better than ever, and we're ready for an interview. Ryan, I wasn't there. Tell us about it. Yeah, we (laughs) brought back our pals this week. Chuck Costas from Prop Store and Director of Marvel Themed Entertainment and Development, Brian Crosby, to talk about the latest Prop Store auctions. This time, we are seeing a whole bunch of items from Marvel's Defenders and really all the different shows that were under the Marvel's Defenders library of shows. So you might have some stuff from Daredevil, from Marvel's The Punisher, from all the different productions there. Most importantly, we're going to get into the toilet that you, dear friends, can own. Get into the toilet! (laughs) This could be one of the rarest items in Marvel prop history. A prop toilet from a Marvel production. Can you imagine? You could join us. Wow. We have one. There is another. You got to get in on it. All right. Let's take a listen to what I can only assume is just a perfect interview with Ryan talking toilet goodness and also wonderful Marvel props with Chuck and Brian. 
I am delighted to be joined once again by two gentlemen who are running the show for us. It's Chuck Costas. Hello, Chuck. Hi, Ryan. I never knew I would be so excited about talking about toilets, but I'm here again. Welcome to my reality. And we are also joined by Brian Crosby from the Marvel themed entertainment team. Hey, Ryan, I've gotten used to talking to you about toilets over the years, so this is par for the course at this point. Yeah. It's toilet talk here. (laughs) This this is just what we do. Now, so for anybody who's frigging confused by the whole (laughs) toilet situation, you two were here on the show December 10th, 2021, where we talked about another series of auctions for Marvel props. And during the auction, Chuck revealed to us that there was a toilet being auctioned from Marvel's The Punisher. And I got real excited about it. Couldn't help yeah, it. And, and you not only got excited about it, but you actually went and won what is now Flushy the Toilet, which I think is amazing that this show created a new Marvel character in and mm-hmm. of itself, Flushy. Yeah. That's like one of my greatest accomplishments is helping bring that to the Marvel Universe. Well, thank you for that. We won the auction, myself, Lorraine Sink, co-host of the show, and Jasmine Estrada, producer for many of our other audio shows. Flushy the Toilet sits in my home office. At some point, I think I will let Flushy live with its other parents for a bit. I'm sure Lorraine is chomping at the bit to get that into her home. A hundred percent. You joke. But you know, Lorraine, she's a freaking goofball. She's going to love it. And Flushy needs to have his own adventures outside of your uh, four walls there. This is true. Now, that's one toilet. There will be talk of another toilet as we get into it a little bit later. But first, I want to remind everyone of your Marvel origin stories. Quickly, can you let us know, how did you first get connected with the Marvel characters and lore? Brian, why don't you start? Sure, yeah. I mean, Marvel, I I go back, I'm a kid of the 80s. So for me, uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends with uh, Spidey teaming up with Iceman and Firestar, that was really my first introduction to the marvel universe kind of getting to know some of those characters and now going back and watching that series on disney plus i've seen some of the other cameos of characters that appeared i didn't really remember them at the time but it's kind of fun to see them all dancing and acting the fool and in, in that show but i uh i was captivated by it. i loved the transformation of the apartment and the whole thing and then i really discovered marvel comics a little later on through the first appearance of bishop and the uncanny x-men and I'm pro mullet on Bishop. I need the mullet. But yeah, that was that was my introduction to the world of Marvel Comics. Your Bishop love is one of the reasons why we're good friends, because, man, I adore <laughs> Bishop. I've oof, He's a great character. Yes. Chuck, what about you? Uh, well, I was a, a child of the 70s and I actually got introduced with this very comic book that I'm holding up, which maybe people can't see, but it's the uh, original Star Wars Treasury Edition. And I actually uh, got this from my parents. We lived in Indonesia and at the commissary. I couldn't actually go see the movie. So they bought me the comic book instead. But the disappointment is the Treasury Edition only has the first half of the movie. So I had to wait till I got back to the States in 1978 to actually watch the full movie and actually find out what happened in Star Wars. But then uh, in December 1981, I got $5 from my grandmother and I bought uh, Conan, the Gil Kane run of Conan. And it was actually Bruce Jones's very first issue that he wrote, Conan number 131. And, you know, from that, I was just captivated, started buying every single Marvel comic book that I could, lived through Contest of Champions, Secret Wars, all those great things of the 80s. It was just a golden age time and uh, have been hooked ever since. Nice. Well, it's a good thing, Chuck, you didn't we didn't have the Internet back then. So you were able to dodge spoilers on Star Wars for a year. (laughs) I was. I was. It was kind of crazy. And, you know, the thing is, the comic book actually had some scenes that were deleted. So it was really confusing because some of those things didn't actually exist in the actual movie. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, your role, the company and everything about Prop Store? Sure. I am the uh, VP of business development, which means that I work with companies like Marvel to bring auctions to market. And for this, we're actually talking about a dedicated auction where we have items that are specifically from all the different Marvel shows, but we do host multi-consigner auctions and we have things from different titles like Star Wars and other things throughout the year. But Prop Store has been in business for over 20 years, selling primarily movie and television props and costumes, but other types of entertainment collectibles as well, autographs, posters. We do a number of different things. But it's been really exciting for four years. We've gotten to work with Marvel now to bring the Marvel television auctions to fans. We've done individual auctions, as you alluded to. Last one that we did was for Marvel's The Punisher. But this, we're really excited because this is the first auction where we get to bring six series that were all part of Marvel's The Defender Saga. And so that includes Marvel's Luke Cage, Marvel's Iron Fist, Marvel's Jessica Jones, Marvel's Daredevil, Marvel's The Punisher, and of course, Marvel's The Defenders itself. I remember a couple years back, we had some of these props on display 
at conventions. Isn't that right, Brian? Yeah, we've had them at a few different cons. And I think most specifically, I remember C2E2. We had a nice display of a lot of the different props that we had going up for auction. And they were a huge hit. Even if people couldn't acquire them at that time, they loved getting to see these things in person. And uh, we've done different displays on our stage at uh, at New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con. So we've had a long partnership now with Chuck and Prop Store. And we're very excited to be bringing a lot of these props to light for people to try and acquire a little piece of the Marvel Universe. It's a pretty cool opportunity, really. Chuck, tell us a little bit of how the prop auction actually works, when it's starting, where to go for it, and how it functions. So if anybody wants to you know, actually participate, they can jump in. Well, yeah, the auction is going on right now. If you go to propstore.com slash Marvel, you'll get uh, access to the auction. You can see all, there's over 500 lots that are in this auction. And even within those lots, there are multiple items sometimes because we try to curate almost like a museum, little collections for everybody to own something from. But if you go to propstore.com slash Marvel, you can register for the auction. By registering, you're actually going to also be registered for a chance to win one of two Luke Cage hoodies. You know, it's Luke Cage's 50th anniversary as of last year in Hero for Hire came out in 1972. We wanted to celebrate that by giving away two free hoodies to fans out there just for registering for the auction. And those that are part of the Marvel Insider program, you can actually get 20,000 Marvel Insider points just also by registering for the auction. But you can go from now until January 26th, which is when the auction ends. It's an online auction. It's open to everyone all over the world. You can go ahead and see what the latest bid is, and then you can see if you can top it. I would say most people probably wait till the last day, which will be January 26th, to place their final bids. And you'll see the auction closing one by one, lot by lot. But you can go into the auction catalog. It's all online. You can search by your favorite show. If you like Marvel's Jessica Jones, there's a filter so you can only see the Marvel Jessica Jones items. But you can also see everything that's from all six series there and place your bids. All bids start, for the most part, at about $100. I guess part of what we try to do when we put these auctions together is is say this isn't just for the people – that have millions of dollars to spend on these things. Yes, these things can go for lots of money, but we also want to put fun things there that come from the actual Marvel Universe in the hands of fans that aren't that expensive. And so we've tried to put lots together that might only go for $100, $200, and we hope somebody out there wins them. Yeah, I mean, Flushy the Toilet, as a lot, came with the toilet, but the toilet itself is in, like, there's two pieces to it, then there's a couple of other components from that prop piece. So it's more than just the actual toilet. We were able to win it at $156, I believe it was, something like that. I was, like, flabbergasted. I was a, I was ready to pay more, but I only had to pay 150 It was great. Well, that's great. Yeah, no, we try to include a, a bunch of different things. So I think yours came from the junkyard fight scene that came from Marvel's The Punisher. And so with that, we had some of the other stunt, I think there were like barbells or something that came with that. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to include it as a piece because we thought, you know, if you're actually displaying this in your home, you might want these other things to sort of complement it and create your own little scene in some ways that you're replicating with actually having the props and costumes there. So yeah, you don't have to spend a lot necessarily. And hopefully you get something that you're really excited about, like Flushy the Toilet. Yeah. Chuck, tell us about some of the stuff that is available in this current auction. Well, I'll start with some of the, I know you're more of a fan of maybe some of the quirkier items, Ryan, but I think some of the things that I'm proud of sort of going show by show with Marvel's Jessica Jones in season three, they introduced a new orange couch at the beginning of the season. And, you know, when they were saying, hey, we're breaking down the set, I was like, I've got to have the orange couch there. So we actually have Jessica Jones's orange couch, not the one from seasons one and two that was all beat up. This one's actually displayable and can be used in your house nice and quote unquote new. And it even comes with a blanket so you can tuck yourself in at night. And I thought that was kind of neat. With Luke Cage, we've got Harlem's Paradise bar stools. So if you're trying to decorate your house, these silver bar stools that you see sort of all over Harlem's Paradise, you can get a set of two of those and make your own Marvel bar. Well, I'll I'll come back to Marvel's The Punisher because I think there's something special there. For Marvel's Iron Fist, we've got Danny Rand's straight jacket. So how often do you get one of those? So if you're actually looking for a kind of a cool Halloween costume, that would be kind of a cool one to have. Yeah. For Marvel's Daredevil, we've got Victor Torres's casket. I know you're really looking for those amazing Halloween props, Ryan. This is one. Own your own casket that's from sort of the, the basement where Matt Murdock is hiding out and puts himself in a casket there. As if I don't already have my own casket, Chuck. Come on. I mean, a lot of people, you know, buy them in advance, but and maybe you're holding on to it. But you can have Victor Torres's here. Or maybe, yeah. you know, if you've got one of those, Ryan, maybe the mausoleum table. So if you're looking for a nice piece that you can sort of disguise, it's actually practical, then yeah, it's kind of it works as a nice bedside table. And, and that was the one that Matt Murdock used when he was down in the basement. If I could say just a couple pieces that I really enjoy yeah. along the lines of the toilet. 
I love kind of stunt props. I was fascinated with them as a kid. I remember going to a theme park. There were uh, like these foam bricks or foam boulders that looked like movie prop bricks and boulders. And I loved throwing them at my brother or mom because they thought they were real. But we have a couple of stunt, a stunt bowling ball and a stunt oh, yeah. microwave from oh, our microwave that could function <laughs> in the same way. And I, I'm, I'm particularly excited about those two pieces. That could be a nice addition. Just getting to toss a stunt bowling ball oh, at yeah. somebody. The, the other odd. thing that I thought were kind of cool were the, um, we actually have from Marvel's The Defenders, fake food from the Royal Dragon. So, you know, they bring in the, the uh, Chinese food. Well, they didn't actually use real food there. They actually made it look like real food. And it's actually a stunt prop as well. So if you're looking to like display a nice little uh, spread and then trick everybody on April Fool's Day that they can't actually eat it, those would be perfect for you. And then finally, Ryan, this is the big announcement, is that we actually discovered as we were going through and preparing for this that Flushy has a twin that we never knew about. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. I what? personally call him Poopy the Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> because this version was a breakaway version that it was it was a little extra stained. It was one of these things where it had been well used in the past. It was left out in the rain. It's got a little bit of uh, brown staining to it. But if, you know, everybody out there that's been listening to this has always been jealous that they, they did not get flushy. There is actually a twin. And we don't know about his backstory yet. I think that still remains to be revealed. I picture you finding it and then like Yoda, like, there is another. <laughs> it's like yeah it's like luke and leia yeah, yeah it's the flip sides of the coin i just love that that was somebody's gig somebody's assignment like can you make this one a little more shall we say poopy a make this one a little bit more upsetting yeah just yeah this so, one's been through some stuff yeah and i wonder is was poopy supposed to be the evil version or did poopy just turn out that way we don't know yet we don't know uh dear god i hope somebody who listens to the show get that auction <laughs> or i might just go ham and get a second one and, and reunite them together we'll see i'm looking at the website and there's some like featured lots are those things that have already gone to auction or is this coming up no these are all if you go out to propster.com and actually people will see the entire catalog those items are all in the auction so things like matt murdoch's red daredevil costume we've got red daredevil costumes we got black costumes from you know marvel's jessica jones we've got her leather jacket costume and this one actually has the gloves and the scarf that she wears we actually hadn't found those in the past and been able to add those to the costumes we found a limited amount of those and put those into this auction as well you know we've got things from marvel's iron fist such as katana's from Colleen Wing, we've got Missy Knight's cybernetic arm, just a lot of great stuff. And I think those are, you know, sort of higher end pieces that, that I think everybody identifies with. But, you know, there's smaller things as well. I think we've got the jewel mask from Marvel's Jessica Jones, her superhero identity. And I think just having that mask is just sort of a, a nice, small, iconic thing that you can have to represent the character. We've got, you know, Electra's size. And I think that the star of this auction really is that we've offered Electra's costumes before, but we haven't offered the ones from Marvel's The Defenders before. And these are really sort of the ones that you would sort of think of from the comic books. It's actually interesting. If you watch Marvel's Daredevil at the end of season two, she gets a new costume. We have that costume, which is actually used as a, what we call our key art, which is the black and red costume. But when she goes and gets resurrected in Marvel's The Defenders, you'll notice the colors are the exact opposite. So it's the same costume, but it's to show that she has sort of moved over to the other side. They actually reverse that. And it's a great detailed costume. And we've also got the size that come with that from Marvel's Defenders. And I think that's really one of the highlights of this auction. Yeah. There's also the Wilson Fisk costume in there, which is so cool. I mean, obviously now a lot of fans are, are coming back to these characters and, you know, getting excited again. So this is a perfect time for these. And these ones that we're talking about just right now, maybe a little bit pricier, but they're still going to be amazing. They are. And and things like, uh, you know, Luke Cage hoodies. We've got a number of those. I mean, he obviously gets shot up a number of different times and we have a number of different bullet riddled hoodies so that, you know, fans may say, oh, it's, it might be a little too much for my budget. But I do think that they will actually go for some reasonable prices. So don't get scared away. But again, I would take a look through the whole collection. If you had a favorite show, you can go ahead and filter by your favorite show. If you're a fan of Marvel's The Punisher, Go look from things from Marvel's The Punisher. We've got Frank Castle's Skull X-Ray, which is an amazing piece because it actually says down there Frank Castle at the very bottom. And you can actually put a, a backlight behind it and actually light it. And it looks amazing when you do that to it. And we've got a number of different 
New York Bulletin newspapers. And I think each one of those tells a different story. And I think to see a number of those different ones up on the wall as they were displayed at the New York Bulletin also just makes for a great display. It's artwork in some ways, but it's something that you can collect. Brian, you're a big Punisher guy. Yeah. Do you have anything, any Punisher items from any of the auctions? I do. I've got some of the tickets from the carnival where his family was murdered. So I got a little, I got a little piece of the Punisher. Um, That's dark, man. Wow. I know it's it's a little it's a little dark, but I had to get something. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't get one of the vests or anything like that or a big costume, but I I was able to get something like that. So also, I'm happy to confirm that all of the Luke Cage hoodies smell exactly like Mike Coulter. So right, we get that, that question is, a lot. That's huge. Big deal. Yeah. Big Mike Coulter fans, I think, everywhere. Just thinking about just collectors. And for me, I have little collections of like Marvel Legends or Transformers, obviously some comic stuff. For the two of you, do you have anything that you specifically collect? Maybe it's props. Maybe it's something else. What about you, Chuck? I collect way too much is what my wife would tell you, Ryan. I do collect original art. I started collecting original art back in the 1980s. So I have a very large collection of that. And and this is where Brian and I actually work together on the side where a number of the pieces that I own actually on display over at the Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibit. And I also lent it for the uh, Beyond Spider-Man exhibit that was going on at the San Diego Museum last year. And uh, something I recently got actually was up at the, we were actually filming some of the videos that we're showcasing for this auction up at the Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibit that's going on in Portland, Oregon right now. And because they have a section focused on the street level heroes and all these things, we thought it would be the greatest place to talk about some of the items that are going to be in the auction. But I had dinner with David Mack and we got to talking and it turned out that David Mack's, I guess one of his first comic books that he read was the Frank Miller run of Daredevil that featured the Punisher. Mm. And so the Punisher was actually probably one of his favorite characters. And so we worked out a trade and I was actually able to get the original artwork that David Mack had done for Marvel's Jessica Jones. Oscar Orocho actually draws an image of Jessica Jones. And I got the original pencil drawing from David Mack in a trade, which I thought was pretty awesome. So that I always love to cross over and have something from the movie television prop world. I think it brings the Marvel universe to life more so than just having a piece of original art, which I love, but it's the three-dimensional representation that also just gets me really excited when I can add something like that to it. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, David Mack, incredible artist, writer. He helped originate Echo when she was in Daredevil comics and has done a million things and is a hell of a nice guy. What some of the original art that you have, Chuck, I'm, I'm always curious. Oh, I I go all the way back to the early days of the Marvel Universe, I guess, pages from X-Men 1, a five-page sequence from Journey to Mystery 85 featuring Thor battling Loki, a Ditko Spider-Man page that we had lent to the exhibit. But my big thing was, just like Brian and I bonded around the Punisher, I was a big fan of Mike Zeck's. So I bought a lot of his artwork, including all of Punisher 1 and all of Punisher 2, the limited series when those came out. And I actually have all five of the limited series covers that I will occasionally display. So I've got a, a pretty big Punisher collection, but, you know, frankly, love everything, especially the old vintage Marvel stuff. My goodness. That's amazing. Brian, what about you? Yeah, I mean, collection wise, and maybe not as much of a collector as I used to be. I certainly collected comics. I think my home office looks something like your home office, Ryan. There's just a plethora of Marvel stuff that we kind of acquire, you know, yeah. through the years. But I certainly collected comics for a long time. So I've got boxes and boxes of comics, mostly read everything digital these days. But uh, I do still gravitate towards kind of anything that's of my two favorite characters, which are Punisher and and Moon Knight. So I collect stuff of those two characters if they kind of come my way. But nothing like Chuck's collection. He puts me to shame. I mean, yeah, he's on another level, Yeah, which is good. You're in the right gig with your mindset, Chuck. Now, thinking about, obviously, all the things that we love, we collect, what's like a dream item each of you would love to have. Maybe it's from one of these auctions. Maybe it's just like, this is the thing that if I could, I would have this and find a really cool display for it. I mean, I think if there was an infinity gauntlet that was actually made out of gold and gems, and frankly, if it worked as well, that would be the (laughs) ultimate, uh, but I'm not sure if that actually exists. But yeah, hey, we're dreaming here. Yeah. Brian? So that's one of the things I actually do have, not made of gold, but we, <laughs> I do have the the Infinity Gauntlet, the Sideshow Infinity Gauntlet. That's one of the my prize pieces in, in my personal collection. If there's one thing, I mean, just going back to the Punisher, I would love to have one of John Bernthal's Punisher vests. I think that would be a really cool piece to have in my collection. And, you know, certainly some of the original art from the some of the classic creators at Marvel would be fun to add. But uh, 
Yeah, something along those lines. Mm. Obviously, we've been working together for four years. And thinking about what you were just talking about, Brian, I remember, I believe there was a van in one of the previous auctions. Is oh, that yes. right, Chuck? There, there was. We actually sold two. There were actually a stunt van, and then there was, uh, I guess, the hero van that we sold both of those in previous auctions. Uh, and I know Brian and I- Do not think for a second that I didn't consider. I wanted the the battle van. And Chuck was teasing me with it constantly, like sending me texts and pictures. I got to see it in person. It was a real conversation with my wife about acquiring the, the van. You could take your whole collection and actually put it in the back of the battle van. And that could have been the deal. And Brian, maybe I should have suggested that is that she gets more house space. Yeah. You get everything in a really cool van. Yeah. Well, I didn't get the van. So you can see who won that. Uh, that, that <laughs> yeah. That's a van for Marvel's Punisher. Right. Was that the largest or biggest monetary wise item from the Marvel auctions? No, the Daredevil costumes, the red Daredevil mm -hmm. costumes are actually the ones that went for the most. We do have one of those left and in this auction. It's actually one of the most complete versions that we have. What was actually in short supply when we put the costumes together were the billy club holders. And this one actually does have a billy club holder to complete the costume. But not to say that was surprising. I think for Marvel's The Punisher, the, the Punisher vests, I think, actually did go for more than the van itself, which, you know, sounds kind of crazy, but I think it just shows you the demand for such an iconic piece that represents the character. Brian, I'm disappointed. You could have been a van man. I know. I know. No one's more disappointed than me. Oh, oh well. Well, everybody can go to propstore.com slash Marvel to check it out. Once again, when they register, what do they get, Chuck? They will get 20,000 Marvel Insider points, as well as be registered to win one of two Luke Cage hoodies that we're giving away, as long as you live in the continental United States. And then you can go to PropStore.com. That makes you eligible to bid on any of the items in the auction. It goes through January the 26th. We'll be ending one by one. There are 500 or over 500 lots in this auction. So tune in starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. And that's when the auction will start ending on January the 26th. All right. So you got some time to get in there. And if anybody listening wins one of the auctions, please let us know. We are excited. We want to hear from you. And then eventually we want to see the pictures. I remember we unveiled Flushy at a party in my backyard over the summer where I kept it in its giant box until I could get Lorraine in person. And it was glorious. Well, lot number 200 is Flushy's twin. So if somebody out it. there wants to be like Ryan and the rest of the Marvel team, you could add the twin to your collection. Or maybe I'll just buy it too. We'll see. Stay <laughs> tuned, true believers. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. All right, get yourself over to propstore.com so you can check out the auction. It is going on right now through the 26th of January, 2023. So go over and check out propstore.com right now. Maybe you could even be the owner of a stunt toilet. And if you want, you can check out our previous interview with Chuck and Brian when we first caught wind of Flushy the Toilet the key to our hearts. That episode is from the 10th of December mm -hmm. of 2021. I can't believe Fleshy has been in our lives for so long already. No. And if you want a direct link to this, of course, you can go to propstore.com for everything. But if you want a direct link to the new toilet, the toilet that I need someone to own, we'll put that in the show notes, please. We need to know it's gone to a good home. Otherwise, I'm going to swoop in at the last minute and buy another toilet. And I can't do that. I don't have the room for another prop toilet. I want someone else to have its sister toilet, you know? Yes. All right. A real big week for toilets. But of course, next week, we're going to have even more exciting stuff, including our pal Ann Foley, who's costume designer of so many, many things for Marvel, including Marvel Studios' She-Hulk attorney at law, as well as Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And just an absolute delightful woman. She's done many a Woman of Marvel event with the folks here. And so in the spirit of that, our question of the week is, what is your favorite Marvel costume? There's so many costumes. How do we even choose? Okay, go with me on a journey. Let's go. Uh, this is a weird one, but I'm going to go with Steve Rogers. You might remember in Marvel Studios Captain America, the first Avenger, there's that moment where like Steve Rogers is running barefoot and he is wearing foot shoes. <laughs> 
Uh, I was actually also thinking of Captain America, the first Avenger, because I was on set for that film. And so having seen those costumes up close, seeing that original Captain America, like the main suit for that film in person still sticks with me. It's so cool. And seeing Chris Evans wearing it, it looks amazing. It's really, really incredible stuff. Uh, So it's hard to top that. But and also thinking about Anne's work, you know, She-Hulk, there's a lot of wild costumes in there, you know, from the lower level characters who get to show up and she gets to make oh, some like stuff Leapfrog like, and... oh my gosh, Porcupine, or even just <gasps> making the work that is done to make Daredevil's like two-tone oh, costume look yeah. awesome. That's spectacular. Um, And also just how impressive it is to take costumes and be like, okay, I have to dress a real world person and then I have to dress a CGI person and like make it work. It's so incredible. But in the meantime, you can tweet us your answers using the hashtag this week in Marvel, email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or you can just send us a message on our Facebook page over at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. And of course, tell us if it is okay to read so we can uh, read it on the show like we're going to do right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's get into it. So last week's question of the week was, what's your dream Marvel prop to own? Clearly for Ryan, it's nothing but toilets, but let's see what you guys said. First up was Mountain Meg at Meg Stalker, who said, I've been thinking about which prop I'd pick ever since listening, and I have to go with Nick Fury's intergalactic pager to Captain Marvel. Just remember, only in the event of a universal emergency. That's a cool one. That is a cool one. Brenda at It's Brenda B says, gotta say Rocket was right when he said he wanted Bucky's arm. I'd take that easy. <laughs> Cosmic Books at Forrester underscore Brian said, if I had the chance to own any Marvel prop, I'd have to go with Captain America's shield because I'm Canadian and it would make a cool sled. How <laughs> dare you? Although it would make a cool sled. It would be a cool slide. What, I, does that exist? It should. We've had like holiday images, covers, pinups, different things with the shield being used as a sled. So I'll accept it. All right. Next up, we got Katie Gardner at Kagard16, who said, would absolutely love to have one of Cap Shields, preferably one from Marvel Studios' Captain America Winter Soldier. But the Soul Stone Clint had after Nat sacrificed herself would be awesome, too. Miranda Miller at Miranda Miller 517 tweeted, Peggy's Captain Carter shield without question. Having that as a centerpiece on my wall would be everything. That is some good wall flair. Mm-hmm. All right. We got John Foreman at Darth underscore Forge who said, Spider-Man's prototype web shooters from Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Andrew Nickerson at Andrew Nickers 19 said, one of the Pym particle capsules. They're the true power behind Ant-Man and Wasp and really don't get enough credit. Yeah, and they're easy to display, kind of small, cool little talking point. I like that. You can use it as a fidget spinner, too, the way they're shaped. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got Tyrone at Whip, who said, the Basquiat from Mariah's office and Luke Cage. Ooh, <laughs> I wonder if that was real or like on loan or if it was just a beautiful print. If it was a real Basquiat, that would be, I'd like to have that, too. Yeah. Please. Send it on over. <laughs> I'll take it. Jason Expanse at Jason underscore Expanse said, while I'm sure Ryan Reynolds probably has them stashed away somewhere, I do almost anything to get my hands on Deadpool's twin katanas, B and Arthur. Hmm. Next up, we got Michael Paul Pope at M. Dwight Keller, who said, technically, it's wardrobe. Does that count? If so, any of Queen Ramonda's oh. crowns oh, yeah. slash hats. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Good call. She has some great headwear in the films. And, you know, Prop Store does sometimes have costume pieces. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Tabitha Higginbotham at Tab Higginbottom tweeted, Star-Lord's Walkman from Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy, along with the awesome mix, volume one, of course. The thing is over 30 years old, been all over the galaxy, and still works. Heck yeah. All right. Next up, we got Sean Wybrant at... XR teacher who said, 
The Hall of Armor from Marvel Studios Iron Man 2. I would put it in my classroom to remind us that process matters, learning is a journey, and things are often clunky slash unfinished slash damaged before they are perfect. And even in process, we can change the world. Kids need to hear that. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we always tell Catherine, progress, not perfection when we're working on stuff. She had a phase where yeah. she's like, it's not perfect. And we're like, we don't need to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. All right. We got an email from James Dean who said, I love an obscure prop and you can't get more obscure than Karen Page's business cards from the law office of <laughs> Nelson and Murdoch. Love that these exist. Oh, that's a good one, James. And thanks for the birthday wishes. Oh, all right. We got an email from Carol who said, only one prop. It's so hard to pick just one. I mean, I'd love to have Sylvie's costume, the Scarlet Witch costume, the Cloak of Levitation, Loki's horns, the Ant-Man helmet, Mjolnir. There's so many amazing props to choose from. Honestly, I would really love to have the Scarlet Witch costume from Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The detail work on that costume is amazing. Maybe I'd grab the Darkhold as a bonus prop, too. <laughs> Sure. Why not? We do have one more that just I got in on the Facebook. This one came in from Good Gamora Boy, who said in relation to our ghost busting question from a couple weeks back, Captain Marvel is always the correct answer to this type of question because she's the literal best. However, this question also has a second correct answer, which is Korg. So we could hear him say the classic ghost line from Thor Ragnarok. Thank you. Thank you. Good Gamora Boy for sending us a Facebook message. We got an email from Ultimate Spider Plush who said, I just wanted to send this email to say that This Week in Marvel is one of my favorite podcasts and I like to listen to it. Keep being Aww. awesome. Thank you, Ultimate Spider Plush. What a perfect way to end the show today. That is correct. We're going to wrap it up. We do want to say thank you to Zachary Goldberg, who this is uh, Zachary's last episode with us, moving on to doing some other stuff here at Marvel Podcasting. And uh, thanks, Zachary. But this episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Kara McGurk-Allison, Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Zachary Goldberg's contribution to Fleshy the Toilet. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. Take us away, Fleshy. Hey Marvelites, this is Zachary, and it is indeed my last episode as producer of This Week in Marvel. I have loved making sound effects for Fleshy over the years, and I've loved being the show's producer, so thank you everyone. Ah! Oh my god! Sound effect? Ha! You think I'm a sound effect? Me? Fleshy the twin toilet? Okay, Fleshy, I, I didn't mean it like- Well, let's see how you like this sound effect. Hop in, we're going to the Fleshy verse. No, Fleshy, please don't- Ha 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 ha!